Welcome to the City Edge Church podcast. For more information, please visit our website at cityedgechurch.org.au. We hope that you enjoy this message. Awesome. Hey, thanks so much. You can take a seat. Thank you, Kate Schuller, my favorite grade five friend. Went to school together. It was good fun. Um, Hey, how's everyone doing tonight? That's so good. Glad to hear. I'm doing good too. Thank you very much. I'm very excited to be um, going through 2 Timothy chapter 2 um, on our By the Way series. And um, I, 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 I love the Word. I love the Bible, um, as I should, as any good Christian should. Um, and as I was reading through this um, this week, I, I was a bit overwhelmed. I was like, man... How am I going to get all this out in one message? And so I'm sad to tell you all I'm not, um, but that's a good thing because um, I, I want to break any illusion. Um, so in a, in a, once a year, we normally go through, um, we just take a series to go through a book of the Bible straight, you know, chapter by chapter, go through it like that there. Um, but I don't want anyone to get the illusion that like, this is the time of the year that we as the church read our Bible and, you know, we, you know, the rest of the year, we just put it away. It's, it's only when we come to our, our 2 Timothy series. Um, the Word of God is powerful and alive. It's a, it's a double-edged sword as I even talked about last summer. I love what Psalm 119 verse 9 says. It says, how can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to what? According to your word. And I think, um, I, I mean, there's no strict ways to test the values of a church, but if there was one, I think knowledge of the word or, or depth of intimacy with the word is, is a pretty good way to go about it. Um, I actually, to know a little bit about me, I studied, uh, I did a Bachelor of Theology um, at university, and um, I remember this one class that I had, and uh, there's probably about 30, 40 people on it there, and we're, we're going through um, some books in the Old Testament, and, and the professor asked, he, he asked, so who's actually read the whole Bible through? And in that class of 40 people, I was only person to put my hand up there. I know. How amazing am I? Just kidding. That's not what I'm trying to communicate here. What I'm trying to communicate is that I love this church. And I love that something that comes out, not just in this series, but really every time we preach is the importance of the word for ministering our relationship to God. I can still remember being 12 and making a, uh, my first conscious decision that I'm going to actually listen to what that guy at church said. And I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to open up my Bible and read it myself and not just have someone else read it for me. And I can genuinely remember how God moved in my life. There was a 12-year-old reading Genesis through to Joshua, I think is when I gave up. But even though genuinely I understood not much at all, God saw my heart. He saw my heart that was after him, that was after what he wanted to say to me. And, and honestly, I think I got to Joshua and it just, I, for whatever reason, I fell off. And I remember kind of a couple of weeks of not reading and sort of just feeling like, oh, something just feels different. I, I just don't feel quite as right. What has changed recently? I'm like, I stopped reading the Word. And I got back into it. And I just want to encourage you. Hey, if you want to know God deeper, open up your Bible, open up your iPad, open up your phone. The Word is, praise God, it's globally available. Um, anyone can get it there. And um, yeah, love the Word. Excited to go through it. Um, like I said, I'm just going to pull apart a couple parts of it there. Um, but I encourage you, go home, dig on it, um, dig dig into it, um, chew on it, um, enjoy what it has to say to you. Let God speak to you in that way there. Let's pray. God, I thank you, Jesus that you are here, that you want to speak to people today. God, I thank you that your word is powerful, powerful to save, powerful to transform, powerful to redeem, powerful to create, God, powerful to bring justice. Jesus, and we just pray, God, would your word be here tonight? Would it speak to each and every single one of us, Lord God? No human words, but the word of God. Lord God, uh, it's, <laughs> we just pray, Lord, do what only you can do in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen, amen, amen. Awesome. All right, we're going to uh, read through half of this, and then I'm going to pull a little bit apart, and then we're going to go through the other half there. I do encourage you to um, read along. Um, it'll be up on the big Bible as well, which will be great. So this is Paul speaking to Timothy, and he says, you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now, I love this verse here. When I was reading, I had to stop to think about it a little bit. I was like, be strengthened by grace that's in Christ Jesus. And when I first read it, it sounded like uh, Paul was instructing Timothy to do this. It's like, here, hey, this is, a, this is a thing you should do. But when I stopped to think about it, that actually doesn't make sense because grace is exactly the things that we can't do ourselves. Grace is the power of God that works in our life where we are completely weak, where we had no ability to do it ourselves. And what Paul is actually doing is he's proclaiming to Timothy and he's saying, you will be strengthened by the grace of God. God. The grace of God will strengthen you for what you're doing in your local church. Your, the grace of God will strengthen you in the suffering that you may go through, the persecution. And so I'd like to proclaim the same thing to you today. Is be strengthened by the grace of God. Wherever you're at in your life, be strengthened that God has grace for you to reach you where you don't even think that you're reachable. Amen. Verse 2. And what you have heard, I'm not going to do this every verse, don't worry. Um, I just love that one. And what you have heard from me in presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Praise God. Praise God that Paul entrusted this to faithful men who then entrusted to faithful men who then entrusted to someone that led me to God, um, whether it was Pastor Paul, whether it was my parents, you know. Um, this is written 2,000 years ago. That's a lot of time, and it was written in, oh, not Jerusalem, sorry, in, in what would be modern-day Turkey or Rome. There's a bit of debate about it. doesn't matter. All to say, other side of the earth. That's the main point, okay? Think of this is like as far away as you can be time-wise, as far away as you can be geographically, and we're reading it here today in Caloundra in Australia. How crazy is that? Just take some time to think about that. And why? Because the Word was passed on. The Word was passed on. Sharing the suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one likes to read that verse, do they? No soldier gets entangled in... <laughs> that was a joke. Um, no soldier soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding and everything. I love that verse. It's almost like a little key to how to read your Bible. Think over it, and then God will give you understanding. It's not like think over it and then you'll get understanding. It's like, no, we go to our Bible, we think of it, and then we get transformed by the renewing of our mind by God's revelation speaking and bringing life to us as we read there. That was all just some big words to say, get God into your Bible. Don't read your Bible as just human works, even if it was written by humans. Read it knowing that it is God's word to bring revelation to you and let him bring understanding it because he will. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. Remember that verse. We're going to go back there. Therefore, I enjoy everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. Hallelujah. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, though, he remains faithful. And how true is that? I can think all the times, maybe I wasn't denying Jesus, but I definitely didn't have much faith for him. But he was still faithful to me. He still reached out to me. He still, I don't know, maybe saw me here today somehow preaching his word, somehow being a vessel, even though I've done nothing to deserve it. Praise God. For he, why? Because he cannot deny himself. God is true. He wants to do something through your life here today. It doesn't matter where you're at right now. God has something for each and every single one of you here. You're not here by chance. God loves you. He wants to bring his word through your life there, which leads me to actually bringing a point and not just reading the Bible, although I love doing that. Um, a little bit about me. 
I'm a, I'm, I, I think I finally found the word for it. I'm a humanities nerd. What I mean by that is that I love the arty stuff, you know, but not like the drama dance. I love like literature and I love like music and I love films. Um, when I was 12, you could catch me on a Saturday lying down on a couch um, for 12 hours reading two books back to back. Um, really great time. Series of unfortunate events. Great kids' books. Love it. When I was 15 or 16, you could catch me annoying my parents by playing music really loud in my bedroom of like every genre, every decade, just like trying to build that you know, that musical, historical vocabulary within my head. I just love the weird stuff. I've loved it. I studied philosophy. I don't know why I was born this way, but I am. Um, uh, but the thing with that, though, is that I actually didn't find many people inside of the church that liked what I liked, which for me was like, you know, well, I found people that loved what I loved, which is I love Jesus. But, you know, you've got your loves and then you've got your likes. And I like weird music. And if you do like weird music, come chat to me afterwards. would love to, um, love to know you. Um, but because of that, I actually... Um, had to go find some people outside of the church that, well, I didn't have to, but I did, find some people outside of the church that liked the things I liked. Um, and I, I started playing um, with some guys that I met. It was when I moved to Brisbane and um, they, they liked the music and I was like, oh my gosh, I finally found people that get it, that, you know, they don't judge me. They don't just think I'm this weirdo. They, they see the bands and they love it. Um, and I started playing with them. But the thing was, these were the kind of guys um, that maybe um, from a, a stereotypical, judgmental, pharisaical um, point of view, um, they, they might not be what you would call the, the righteous, um, uh, if, if we can get my drift here. They might have not partaken in um, the best of substances. Um, I have my parents here tonight. I'm totally grounded when I go off the stage. Uh, just kidding. I don't live with them. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, <laughs> um, but they like the music that I liked, right? And by the way, this is not an endorsement to do what I'm doing. This is just my journey, uh, which I walked on and now. Um, anyway, um, so I would play music with these guys here, weird stuff. I would like have a bass and we would play in a garage. And in the garage, um, the, my mate had like working tools and he had like a hacksaw. And I would like get my bass, these big thick strings and get this like sanding store and play it with that. And be like, I'm so cool and put the pedals on. And I was just the coolest guy. Um, but we played music and we would talk about music. And I, I remember this one time I was talking about this band called Pavement. Does anyone know Pavement here? No, you don't. I know, because I know both the people that said yes. Actually, you do know it because of me. And this is why I had to find these friends, because no one in these auditoriums likes the bands that I like. Um, huh. My wife knows it as well. I annoy her with my music all the time. Um, and I'm talking about Pavement. I'm like, man, Slendon Enchanted, their first album, it was like, it was raw, it was real, you know, they weren't big. And then, you know, MTV got on them and they went mainstream. And look, Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain, their second album, it was good, it was good. But they just got that pop sound. That's not what I go to Pavement for, you know. But Wowie Zowie, their third album, they came back to it and it was like, man, love it, love it, love it. And this guy there that I'm jamming with, he's, he's listening to me, he's like, bro, are you actually a Christian? And I'm, and I'm there, I'm like, what, what do you mean? Because I was up front with these guys. I was, you know, I told them I go to church every Sunday. I was praying. I was, you know, in every, every opportunity I had, opening up and just being honest with who I am. I, I love Jesus. You know, he saved my soul. He saved my life. He's doing it. I'm not perfect, but he's, you know, he's moving within my life there. Um, and this guy is like, I just, this is the weird, you're just the weirdest person in the world. And you know what's great when you're the Christian and the weirdest person in like the weird band situation room? Um, 
But anyway, so we're chatting and it turns out he actually grew up um, for a little while in an Anglican church. Um, his parents split up when he was young and so he was kind of went there too, he was about 10 and then he, he went away. Um, but his picture of Christians was that they were judgmental, um, that they definitely wouldn't associate with, you know, anyone that would um, do anything bad because they needed to be perfect at all times there. And that they definitely would not like pavement, which I, I, I very much get that stereotype because who likes pavement here? No one. There you go. We're all part of the problem. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> Um, but um, we're, we're talking and I'm just able to kind of share like, man, like the bands that you like doesn't, that's, that's not what it's about. I, I just love Jesus. I know he saved my life for whatever weird reason. My brain is programmed to like music that like this and, and that's that. And that was it. And, you know, I did get to take some of those guys to church and it was great, but it was actually a couple years later. Um, this guy messaged me and he messaged me out of blue. He's like, hey man, like we, I hadn't caught this guy in like a year because I moved away from Brisbane. Um, and he was like, hey, I, I, I need to let you know, I, I've actually given my life to God again. And this is like out of the blue. And he tells me the story that he moved into an apartment and it was right across the road from a church, praise God. And there's a, a big cross lit up in the sky out the front of his balcony, which every single morning he sees, you gotta love that advertising, um, gets, gets in his head, the cross gets in his head and he goes over to the church and he realizes that, that, that faith that was put in his childhood that he walked away from that, that he had to go back to it. And he messaged me because he trusted me. He, you know, we'd had talks before and he's like, I, I want to know my Bible more. Like I've become a Christian, but I know nothing. And so um, we started going on a Bible study and I took my other friend upon it as well, who's still not a Christian, but went from being very, very anti-God to at least having some understanding by my ability, well, not my ability at all, sorry, by God's word moving through me. Now, What's all the point of my big story? Let's read one, not even a verse again. Let's read half a verse. But the word of God is not bound. The word of God is not bound. You see, we never preach this, and it never comes out, but sometimes I can fall into the trap of thinking that this here, this here is where the word of God moves. And it does. The Word of God does move through this stage so powerfully. That's why I invite people to church and praise God that it does. But we think the Word of God can't move in a prison. The Word of God can't move in a, a weird, you know, dungeon, not a dungeon, a, a, a shed where people are playing weird music. The Word of God can't move at my swimming pool that, you know, I, I swim and I, I love that, but no one there's Christian, so the Word of God cannot move there. Can I tell you, the Word of God is not bound, and the Word of God lives within every single one of us who confess that Jesus Christ is King. And we're actually called to bring it wherever God has placed those weird things. We're all a little bit weird, right? Some of us like swimming way too much, and we do it every single day, and I just don't get those people. Praise God. I love that you do that. You don't get me. Some of us like our cars, and we, you know, um, fix them every single Saturday, and who, who would ever want to do that, right? But someone here does. Um, <laughs> praise God. Hey, the Word of God's not bound. It actually wants to move in your weird car fixing club. It wants to move in your swimming pool. <laughs> Some people are just so attacked right now. They're like, I'm never coming back to this church. Um, please come back. Um, the Word of God wants to move in your, you know, army figurine club that you hold every Saturday. He wants to move in your book club. He wants to work in your McDonald's workplace that you work in. He wants to work in the work that you are the employee, employer of, and you have people under you. He wants to work inside of your classroom, teenagers. He wants to work inside of your universities, young adults. He wants to work wherever you are. The Word of God is not bound. It resides in you. And we are called to be not just complacent, not just neutral when we walk to place. We're actually called to shine a light. And you know what shining a light looks like? It means just being true to who you are. 
Because the question is, do you really love Jesus? Because I really love Linnea, and basically every time I'm up here, I talk about her, right? The things just naturally come out. There's going to be something coming up later. I can't wait for it. She can't either. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> where was I? <laughs> the Word of God is not bound. It wants to move through your life. Don't shackle it up. You know, I praise God that Paul went to prison. I praise God that Paul went to prison. Because you know where he wrote basically every single one of these letters in the Bible? In prison. I honestly think, this is just my theory, take it with a grain of salt, is that he wouldn't have written those letters if he wasn't in prison, because that was a busy guy. You read Acts and he's just going around preaching everywhere. And when you're preaching too much, I don't write anything, I ever, because I'm up here and preaching or whatever, and whatever. But you get the point, is that he was bound. He was in a bad situation. He was in a prison cell. But the Word of God was inbound, and the Word of God echoes throughout not just decades, not just centuries, but millenniums, and it's going to continue to echo throughout millennium and save people, and I'm praying that it's saving people here tonight because the Word of God is not just not bound, but it is powerful to save. The Word of God is the essence of my salvation. The Word of God was preached in a church service that I sat down in, and, and faith was born in my heart. The grace of God came and saved me, and because that is the power of the Word of God. It has the power to shake the world, and it lives within you. So wherever you are, wherever you find yourself tomorrow, this isn't just a, this is a specific to your life. Whatever you're doing tomorrow, bring the Word of God with you. Whoever you're talking to on Tuesday, bring the Word of God with you. It's not about being weird. It's about being true to who you really do love. Bring the Word of God where you are. I, um, this is a tidbit. I want to I want to celebrate some people. Um, I want to celebrate Jessica Calvert um, and Dean Genge, who um, just got engaged over the weekend. Amazing, all the engagements. Um, Jessica Calvert's a phenomenal young adult life group leader um, here, and she does great. You should totally be part of it. Um, but I love she um, posted about her engagement, and she said um, these words. I told her I wouldn't get them wrong, but I lost my notes, so I'm just gonna. Um, give you the paraphrase, um, something along the lines of, it is crazy how much your life can change with just a few words exchanged. You know, what are the words? Jess Calvert, will you marry me? And then there's a future forever set up there. It's crazy how much a life can change with just a few words exchanged. If our human words can result in, you know, this lifelong covenant that we spend with someone in marriage, how much more can God's words change a life? To not just a lifelong covenant, but an eternal covenant. Bring the word wherever you are. It's powerful to save. It's powerful to transform. All right, we ready for the second part? You know what? I think I'm running out of time pretty quick, so I'm just going to go through this um, very, uh, very short form here. I'm going to read just a couple verses. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. And then it comes afterwards. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as wholly useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. What does God tell us? He says, do your best, present yourself as one approved, uh, be a worker for God, do yourself. And that's kind of what the soldier part before was, is that, you know, a soldier works for his commander. Know, know who the king is, know who the Lord is, it's God, do your stuff for him. Uh, but then we kind of get this idea fleshed out, filled out a little bit more in the second half. And uh, to read again, he says, be a good worker. And then what does he say, say afterwards? He says, therefore, if you clean yourself from what is dishonorable, you will be a vessel for what? For honorable use. 
You will be set apart as holy. You will be useful for the master of the house. You will be ready for every good work. Be prepared for every good work. How do you do that? By cleansing yourself of what is dishonorable. Um, now, um, recently married myself. It's been great. Um, but one thing, there's this new habit that I've formed, which is a bit gross. Um, it's not that. Um, who? Uh, <laughs> um, it is every single morning. Um, I wake up and I, I, I say these wonderful words to Linnea. I say, I love you. And um, she responds back to me with these absolutely wonderful words. And she says, put some deodorant on. Um, <laughs> and before I was married, um, I used to just put deodorant on when I went places, you know, and I'm at home. I don't need to put deodorant on when I'm at home, right? Um, and so she would, she would say these things to me, she's like, you're going to put some deodorant on. And, you know, I'll be completely honest, it, it, it stung a little bit. You know, I remember having a chat with her uh, pretty early on. I'd be like, hey, you know, you tell me that I stink when I wake up. It's not really good for my self-esteem, okay? <laughs> Can you please, like, just, you know, maybe, like, like 30 minutes later or something? Um, but I moved past that. Um, God gave me strength. Um, and I realized after smelling myself, my armpits, I, I realized that, you know what, maybe I don't smell as good as I think I do when I wake up. And so I formed a new habit. Well, I'm trying to. She'll debate that. Um, the point I want to make with this here is that we can be told that we have um, dishonorable use. And when we're told that, it can actually hurt sometimes. Like, okay, what do you mean that there's a dishonorable part of me? What do you mean there's a bit of me that smells? That's, that's not very nice. You know, how, how could you say these unnice things to me? How could this be in the Bible that I need to clean myself? What is that? That I need to, you know, um, set apart youthful passions and pursue righteousness. God, I'm perfect. I'm, I'm great. I, I, smell, I smell really good. But if we take a moment to honestly smell ourselves, we'll realize that sometimes we don't smell as good as we think that we do. And you know what love looks like? It looks like putting on the deodorant. Amen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hear that now. I've said this back to myself <laughs> throughout, the, throughout the years, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> uh, um, this was meant to be a serious point. Um, <laughs> the point being this is that we're called to be good workers for Christ. And if we want to be good workers for Christ, we need to get rid of that which is dishonorable. It's true. And can I let you know is that God's not going to wait till you have to love you anyway. I, I, last time I preached, I spoke a little bit about the prodigal son, and it's a story about uh, showing the heart of God, and it's, there's a son that's run away, he's in the filthy pig swine, and he runs to the father, and the father runs and hugs him. You know what the father doesn't do? He doesn't say, no, 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 hold up, son, I'll, I'll hug you, but just take off the pig swine stuff. Clean yourself up, put some deodorant on, and then I'll hug you. No, 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 no. He, he hugs him where he's at, and he clothes him, but you know what he does afterwards? He puts on a cloak of righteousness, he puts sandals on his feet, he, he, he prepares him for the, what he's going to work out in his father's kingdom now that he's back part of it here. The point that I want to make to you here is that God wants to make you clean. He wants to make you whole, but he's not going to wait till you are yourself. I love, just to throw back to the very start of this message, be strengthened by the grace of God. Be strengthened by the grace of God. You know what cleaning yourself sometimes looks like? Sometimes just looks like saying yes to God. That's really, really all it takes. You know, sometimes it looks like saying, yes, God, I will trust you that maybe I need to find a circle of friends that's a bit more constructive for my life. Yes, God, I will trust you that I need to start putting in place some things that are going to keep me from objectifying people. Yes, God, I need to accept the fact that you're not happy when I keep telling lies to people. 
yes, God, I need to accept the fact that being complacent, just living my life for myself is not what you've called me to. It starts with the heart, because when God's got our heart, He's got the power, well, He always has the power to put His grace on us, but He's got the power to do something great in your life there. None of us smell completely perfect. Every morning I wake up, and I wish I could just put the deodorant on once. I truly do. I wish there was a, a permanent deodorant. But human nature is we, we might clean ourselves one day, but we might stink the next. What does God want of us? He wants us to proclaim His Word, but He wants us to do it in a place of righteousness in a place where we are clean, where we've let Him clean our cup there. But it's not about doing a one-off. It's not about just, yes, God. It's about, no, every day we walk this out. We walk out, God, what do you want to change in me? We've never arrived at perfection while we're here in the here and now. But God loves you anyway, and He wants to continue pushing you forward into the call, the destiny, the future that He's got for you. Let me pray. God, I thank You that, Jesus, You've got a powerful Word inside of our hearts. And I pray, God, Lord, let it go out to the world. Jesus, you, you spoke a parable about two people that went to the temple. There was a Pharisee who said, thank God I'm not like the other people. Thank God I'm not like the unrighteous. Thank God I'm not like the tax collectors. And then there was a tax collector. There was an unrighteous person that came and said, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. God, let us be the second people. Let us be people not afraid to bring your light into the muck and let you cleanse us at the same time. Jesus, let us be a people that are strong, that, Lord, have your powerful word living within us. And God, I just pray, Lord, would you move within this church? Lord God, would you grow it? Would you grow your kingdom here and now? We give you all praise, all glory, all honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.